June is Audiobook Month. Join Viviana, the Enchantress of Books, and the Audiobook Lovin' series as she celebrates the authors and narrators who bring your favorite stories to life. Not only will this month be packed with exciting guest podcasts full of all things books, but stick around after each episode for some special information about this year's giveaway and more. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Season 9, Episode 15 of this year's Audiobook Loving Series. Today, I have the pleasure of chatting with narrator Shiloh James. How are you, Shiloh? I am doing so well. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome, and thank you for being here. We're going to start with having you tell us a little bit about yourself, how long oh. you've been narrating, and um, how mm. you got started. Just a little about myself? Jeez, okay. <laughs> Uh, where do I start right yeah so I was born in (laughs) (laughs) um I am golly there's so much let me let me stick to the narrator world um and how I started I am a longtime passionate lover of acting and reading in English and I grew up doing all the theater that I possibly could until I was in my 20s. Life happened. I don't know if this is what you want, but I'm telling you. No, you're good. You're good. (laughs) You keep going. Life happened. That's where we were. Okay. (laughs) Life happened. And what it did is I said goodbye to acting for way too long in my life. And I focused on a lot of things, mainly health issues, but I never lost that passion and that love of theater, of acting, of movies, of, um, and ne- never lost the love of books because I was an English major ultimately. And I, I got very, very sick and I got better. And then <laughs> I became a narrator. <laughs> that is like the, the nutshell of my life <laughs> as in as it pertains to narration if we were to talk about my quilting life or my artistic life that's a different story she is very I, talented on, with the uh it's a good thing that she and i do not live close together because we would be thrifting and refurbishing f- furniture all the time <laughs> all uh, the time we would be whimsical ladies and yes. her furniture would be vibrant colorful and beautiful <laughs> just no, saying that would be more yours probably mine's would be um, a lot more black <laughs> yeah that's true <laughs> Okay, hers would be dark and deep and witchy. Yeah. Mine would mm-hmm. be over here. <laughs> Disneyland brought to life. You're welcome, yeah. world. <laughs> yeah. But you you got into audiobooks, I mean, because you, mm-hmm. as a reader, because I think it's yes. a little different too. You, you have, a, you know, eyeball readers tend to yeah. look at things a little differently because um, mm. when I when I read with my eyeballs, I kind of see a movie in front of me. And mm. then listeners tend to be able to multitask and things like that. Yeah. You started as an eyeball reader, but then you started shifting over to right. you know audiobooks as a listener. How was well, that for you? Gosh, let me give you the real raw version of it, the real raw story of it. I, I grew up listening to audiobooks. I mean, books on tape, family vacations. Well, that's what I grew up on. So I, audiobooks were never out of my life. They were always present and a part of it and we were that family that's like cool we're going on a road trip which book are we going to listen to or books depending upon how far it was so i didn't really get into romance audiobooks until probably five to ten years ago i don't remember exactly and it was the same that most people sebio and andy aren't and as the narrators and diving in slowly into that world i am an avid eyeball reader still and I'm not, I don't listen as much since I've started narrating because my work brain doesn't turn off when I listen. 
So I'm real selective about what I listen to now. So often if a if an author comes out with a book, I'll be like, awesome. I will support them by the book on audio and then go buy it and read it visually. <laughs> um, <laughs> just because I will then start listening to the narrators and think, well, how would I do it? Oh, they did it great there, et cetera. Um, Shiloh, focus. <laughs> That's what I was going to tell you. Okay. So I... I had Lyme disease, chronic Lyme disease for 13 years. It tried to kill me. It's a very horrid disease. And I thought my life was done. Just like, not not as in ending in death, but this is my life now. I'm a pro- chronically ill person who's not going to do anything more than paint furniture and be at home, which is a beautiful life. But it was not the fullness of who I am. I would have been content, but I would not have been fully happy. And thankfully, I found a healthcare practitioner that helped me find a way to heal myself, which was wonderful. But during that process, I caught COVID. <laughs> How many of y'all caught COVID, right? So anyway, I caught COVID. I haven't gotten COVID. Uh- <laughs> right. <laughs> but not, so many yeah. people have. Yeah, you know? I know. It's, it's and funny. So- it tanked my neurotransmitters, which are often produced in your gut. I could go on for hours about health stuff, so mm. I will try. That's to a different episode. Different episode. <laughs> um, but it tanked my neurotransmitters, which meant that I was physically depressed and anxious. Mm-hmm. So my spirit was fine; it was happy and buoyant, but my body was telling my mind you're depressed, you can't handle this. And there's so many other things that happened. So the only thing I could do every day was put on an audiobook and paint furniture. That was it. While I was healing and getting them all balanced out and supplements and food and doctors and therapy, all's well now people, I am fine. <laughs> but that's really when I sank into the audiobook world of in romance in particular. And I started to talk to everybody in my my real life in person about romance novels and audiobooks and narrators and aren't they fantastic? And they're like, we don't, okay. we don't. You got, care. you got the look, right? You got right, like, mm. yeah. They're like, I don't. Mm, how is I don't that? get it. What's that? Right? <laughs> Do I care who Jason Clark is? I'm like, you should. What is wrong <laughs> with you? Yeah. So, <laughs> I was like, I have got to find some people that care, like I do. <laughs> And so I thankfully went on Facebook. I found multiple groups of people out there that love romance audiobooks. And I started to meet people, but not really. Um, there was one person in particular, Michelle Bastard. Shout out to Michelle, because um, I know she's listening, who actually took the time to reach out to me and build a relationship outside of the group. And help me find books and other things. And through that, I met a narrator friend who's now a very good friend of mine. And this narrator buddy is just, was like awesome and wanted to talk to me about books and life and everything. We became friends. And one day he said, you should do this. I went, oh yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Thank you. That's that's very flattering. Um, very kind of you. And then I made friends with another wonderful person who who has a podcast, <laughs> you, <laughs> and you said the same thing. And I was like, what? 
Come on, stop it, you guys. You're just being nice. Don't be nice to me, like Jennifer Coolidge. Stop being nice. Um, and <laughs> the fact was, is that you guys kept saying it and kept being like, no. And my narrator friend was like, no, you should do it. And I'll help you. I'll help you figure it out. I'll help you figure out how to do the coaching, how to get you better, how to get you out there and walk you through this process. And it was a godsend because suddenly two of my long lost passions of diet, well, I guess reading never was long lost, but my long lost passion of acting finally came to fruition. I could finally act again and I could do it in the comfort of my home where I could then, if I wasn't feeling well, I could go take a nap and then come back and work. Thankfully, now I'm like really healthy and so I can work. But it was it was truly mind opening. But that's how I became a narrator. So I've never, ever lost the passion of romance books. I've never lost the passion of being a reader. Just because I don't listen to the audio as much doesn't mean I don't read the books, people. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, I mean, I, I sometimes tend to be the one that will support the author by buying the paperback. And then I go into seeing if it's an audio just because of time constraints, because mm -hmm. right. <laughs> surprise, when you're reading with your eyeballs, that's the only thing you can focus on. And right. I still and I still suffer mm -hmm. from not lack of self-care. And, and, and it's OK to spend mm -hmm. an hour a day if I wanted to, to you know, do something that I want to do versus my brain's like, come on, Viv, you got to be productive. You got to do mm -hmm. something towards life. So my at least <laughs> audiobooks allows me to be able to work and feel right. that I'm I'm still doing something productive, but I'm going, mm -hmm. oh, Emma, Emma Wilder's reading to me. OK, cool. <laughs> you know, right. Like yeah. Oh, gosh, yeah. So true. What I love about that is that you recognize that reading is self-care. It can be an escape where you ignore everything, or it can be something that's actually very healing. I tend to be the person that's like, if there's a reason you're escaping, if there's a reason you're listening to a bunch, if there's a reason you're reading a lot, there's a need inside of your body and soul to heal. And that is work. Healing is work. So I'm a big proponent, as you know, because I kick your butt all the time. All the time, that, folks. All the time. <laughs> that self-care is essential. Nobody, nobody in this world is going to care about your health more than you do. They're not. They're just because they don't know. Yeah. And even with the best of intents, they're just not yeah. you. You have to be your own advocate. And it's hard. It's so very hard. hard. It's yeah. very hard. Because but I've gotten better. You but have. I... <laughs> I'm so proud. Oh my gosh. You have. Yeah. yeah but I... I just, I, I really want people to know that if you have to listen to a book, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. It's okay to spend the time. Okay. It's dedicated yeah. and it, it make it part of your schedule. I, I've, it's one of the things too, that I've, I've started to kind of like, as if it was a, a, a meeting at a job scenario, like scheduling things out, whether it's mm -hmm. to stay step away from the computer and, and do some stretches or spend the time away from the computer and reading a book and, and things like that. And, mm -hmm. and I've, I'm learning that that bit of the structure allows me to feel okay, because I know that I get to go back to it, mm -hmm. things like that. But there's still, I mean, not gonna lie, there's still times where I, you know, canceled that reading meeting <laughs> because other shit's going on, but I go back to rescheduling it at least. But I do hey, love how, something. yeah, I, I do love how your journey started in the sense of mm -hmm. you were told that you should 
consider this. And view very humbly was like, girl, no. (laughs) (laughs) Stop. I'm still kind of like that. I'm like, yeah, you still are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, But you went and you did the work. I think that a lot of times people will say, Hey, someone told me I sound sexy or, Hey, I was told I have a good voice. And then they automatically won that first book. Great. I mean, Mm -hmm. if that's how you started, fantastic. I, I, I say a lot about it's important to learn what the process looks like and, and how to go about that. And it was great that you had that opportunity with that friend to get that insider info. And there's also other resources out there, you know, like narrator life. Um, there's a couple mm-hmm. of other things out there that uh, I will include and make sure to, you know, please, include the links in do. it so people it's can find so it. So important. Yeah. yeah. Because it's, if it's a passion of yours or something that you're looking into, cause you know, career wise, mm-hmm. it might be on your route, but you also continue to develop your skill set. that you've continued to get coaching yes. from other narrators that are, yes. you know, coaches and, and dialects Absolutely. and stuff like that. Yeah. It's, you have to keep training. Mm-hmm. You have to. Yeah. With everything's always something new. I mean, even, mm-hmm. you know, business degrees, there's always something changes or marketing and trends Absolutely. and all that fun stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. How, now that you've done a, f- a bunch of books, you're, mm-hmm. I think Audible is saying 10, but I also know that um, that's <laughs> a lie. Time half the time. Airs, yeah. I was gonna, by the time this airs. probably be, I think 12. Yeah. So uh, how has your process changed from that first book to mm-hmm. this most recent one that you've been recording? fascinating well my first book that I recorded I was very grateful it was Snow by H.P. Mallory and um, it was my first book and there's there's a lot that goes into narrating and recording as you know and there's very many different types to enter into this this business and I highly 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 recommend anyone thinking about it to truly consider because this is full-time job this is real work this is not something that's going to get you quick cash. So anyway, the first book was a royalty share, which means you split the profits with the author. And I was the narrator doing all the points of view, including three different male POVs. And um, I edited it and produced it myself. That's hard. That is hard work, people. Kudos to those who are able to do all of that. I think retrospectively, I would never want to engineer a project by myself again I would just pay the engineer and because they they do it for a reason that's their career they're they're specialized in it they're going to be much better than I am at producing this that being said I'm very proud of that book it's a fun book if you like reverse harems and dark fantasy go check it out but I have now since then started working with production companies and individual independent authors and it's a different process with each author and each book. But with a production company, I'm blessed to be able to just be handed what I need to do and turn around and hand it back. And they take care of making it pretty and sounding good and out they go. And by sounding good, I mean um, levels and things. They're not altering my voice and they're yeah. not altering my cadence. Um, yeah. They're Mastering not, it. Yeah. Right. There's a difference. It's yeah. a difference than a raw mm-hmm. file. And so it's it's a very different process. And I actually prefer working with a company. And by that, I will, I will include my independent authors in that as well because they are a company as well. There's a difference. There's a, there's a, there can be a separation between author and narrator, it depends, or there can be a, a collaboration. And I prefer when I'm collaborating with somebody 
whether it's my producer and engineers or I'm collaborating with the author, I want to bring it all to life. So I like people. I like to not be alone. Says <laughs> so the narrator that where I'm uh, yeah stuck in a booth, <laughs> stuck in a booth by herself, all by yourself, to herself. <laughs> yeah. in all different voices. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, and answering myself, all that stuff. Good times. Yeah. Times. Well, well, I think it's, it's it's something that you said there was important about knowing the process and how to do all those little steps at, be, at the beginning, mm -hmm. but also knowing where you yeah. want to spend your time. And it's something, too, that I always mm -hmm. talk to the authors and the narrators about hiring out certain aspects of your world that mm -hmm. would be, uh, while you're looking at it as a cost, I always say, okay, well, it's going to cost you X amount of dollars, but how much time are you saving right. and how much is your per finish, you know, your time worth mm -hmm. versus and also getting it quicker and being able to do other jobs, writing a book, doing getting on the in the right. booth again for the next book. So, um, mm -hmm. I know a lot of narrators will have their own editors now, and that's mm -hmm. one of those where you're like, okay, do the raw yeah. file, give it to your editors, and done. If for those that are working with indie authors that are not going mm -hmm. through a production company, there's always that option. So I know sometimes yes. authors yeah. are like, how do we go about without doing a production company, or can we do it without one, or how does that work with one? We and got you, yeah, narrators, we got you. A lot of the narrators produce mm -hmm. their own audiobooks or mm -hmm. have. Um, like I said, and that's also themselves producing it, even if they hire out the editor um, on it to remaster it, Correct. it's still produced yeah. by the narrator. It's still produced by the mm -hmm. narrator. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. It's it's really a fun world and it is hard work, um, but it's the kind of hard work where it doesn't feel like hard work. It's just that you're, I'm, I, I go to bed at night satisfied with what I've done for the day. And I yeah. feel like, thank God I'm not, well, thank God I can work. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I can't tell you I was, I, for a decade plus, I, I assumed I'd never be able to work again. Yeah. So to be able to do something like this, come on. I know. Please. Yeah. I'm just, I keep waiting for someone to drag me away and be like, Oh, whoops. We let you into the wrong room. <laughs> how, do, how did you get in here? And I'm like, no, I will alone. kick their butts. I will <laughs> kick their butts. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I think also too, it's important to say that it's, it's hard work. Um, because there's a lot of it mentally, but also physically too. A lot of people think, oh, narrating, I'm just sitting there reading a book. Yeah. Sitting is not difficult. I'm like, have you mm -hmm. tried sitting down without moving or making sure your chair doesn't wiggle mm -hmm. or, you know, when you're speaking that your stomach doesn't start growling. And right. for things like you and I, what we're doing right now, if there's a little bit of that noise, it's no big deal. A, no one's right. this, right? Right. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> you know? You're getting this shit for free. And, uh, <laughs> and it's also the expectation is that there's going to be something, whether you might hear a dog barking or mm. the lawnmower outside. If it's that yeah, time of day, time. you guys as mm. audiobook narrators don't have that luxury. No, no, we don't. It's mm. everything. So, um, something I learned in a workshop I took with Andy Arndt is the link leader method, um, of vocal warm up. something I forget, Andy, I'm sorry, but it's what true. it does is that. It's very important, and I've learned this from a couple other coaches. Rose Dioro is one mm -hmm. of them. Um, you have to make sure your body is loose. So you have to make sure that you are doing the stretching, the yoga, the exercises, whatever it takes to get your body relaxed, because the voice will constrict if you are tense, and you won't get the fullness of a voice if you're not doing that. So not only do you have to make sure your body is physically able to kind of chill and be kind of in shape you have to be okay with sitting for hours still 
Mm-hmm. Somewhat still. Hours. And that hurts. Think about when you take a long car ride. How how much does how much do you hurt? So I often, like many narrators, will get up after a chapter or two and walk around or get on my trampoline, bounce up and down, or do a couple minutes on my bike and then come back in. And and then after a long session, I'll make sure I ride the bike or do some kind of aerobics to relax the body again because it's tough it's tough work and you don't know that it's tough on top of that you got to make sure your voice is okay your throat's taken care of that you're coming from the right spot and you're not damaging your throat so there's a lot of technical things behind the scenes mouth noises body noises like we talked about yeah that you've got to you've got to try to learn how to manage and then then you can then. go to the booth and start to act and be in the character and try and then all the things that go into that and it's not just a nice voice and ability to read there's so much more to it and the industry is shifting and changing it just it's changing it's going from a more reader type of narration especially in romance in particular to a much more performative um space so you need to be able to act and as one of my coaches and friends keeps reminding me, go get acting lessons. I'm like, I've had them, but he's not wrong. So I you get them. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I do. <laughs> <laughs> you hear that, friend? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but again, it's one of those where it's I kind of look at it like a chef knife. It's already sharp, mm-hmm. but you still have to hone that thing. You still have yes. to add some, ex- you know, every so often mm-hmm. you have to sharpen it again. And then you Absolutely. have to hone it and then you go through that process because mm-hmm. like with anything through time, like you were saying, the the trends have shifted, the concept mm-hmm. of what these audiobooks are ha- is shifting, how you're going to stand that as your brand, your business. So there's still multi-level mm-hmm. uh, facets so of you just not sitting there acting a book out. There's just so much right. more. Um, and especially so much. this industry has changed because it used to be you just go into the, the studio, do your mm-hmm. thing, and then you were done. You got paid, you were done. But now with home studios and building one and figuring out how to do that, you know, right? You know, it's hard. It's and, hard. And, you know, you've had the benefit of <laughs> I'm going to say benefit. So you're welcome <laughs> of being there with me from the very beginning. And so, you know, the various iterations my booth has taken on yeah. and the issues <laughs> like I can't tell you guys how many times I've been like, there's a tractor. There's a tractor next door because I live in the country. And so I'm like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. And I've told this to her and I'm less like, I got, you know, my day is shot yeah. and I have to figure out where else to record. Um, there are some, there are still narrators that go into the studios, which is great. And one day I hope to as well, um, because that would help a lot. I'm but, actually curious one day I might rent a studio space yeah. and do an episode from there just to see what the differences, you know, would Ooh. be. Yeah. Um, I love it. Audiobook loving on the road. I know, right? I might do that and not just bring the mic and just sit at a bar saying, hey, what's up? <laughs> right? Okay, no, but for real, for real. Oh, wow. Do I sound like a kid? But for real, for real, you uh-huh. need to. Like, <laughs> you need to. Um, I think that'd be really cool if mm-hmm. as you go to cons and around yeah. the U.S., find a local recording studio, go in and do an episode there, and it'll be on the road. And then if you want to do a public space one, like, oh, well, when, when I first here. started, I know sometimes people 
forget or didn't know that the podcast is a spinoff of the series, which is where we're doing this for. And so when we first started the series nine years ago, a lot of times we would get the we would uh, schedule things with the authors at events like at the RT Book Lovers event. So we would jump in. Oh, yeah. We're like finding spaces, finding, you know, conference Mm -hmm. rooms, uh, going into their 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 suites and and recording and saying, okay, hey. Mm -hmm. <laughs> hey. Oh my gosh, you need to have at least one or two of those a year. Yeah, so now that we're we're back to being <laughs> uh, um in public with folks, hey. it's something that I'm going to look into as far as able to record on the road. And uh who knows, maybe I can on do a renting road, yeah. an RV and go to conferences and just business tax deduction. Uh, <laughs> Why do I think that is like an awesome idea and I want to play? I don't even like RVs. I don't know. Actually, I don't I've never know. been in one and I should be in one, but I'm just saying you should do it. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, like pirate up. radio of old. When they would have to. <laughs> Did you see that movie? Which it's a real thing that had to happen, I think, during mm-hmm. censorship in the 60s, I believe. May, I think I've, I know I've heard of it. I know I know what you're talking about. And I they I would may have, watched it. have rock and roll radio broad- broadcast from like a boat in international waters so you so they wouldn't be to prosecute them right yeah well heck the way we're going here in some well you're in we Florida, mime, so, yeah. yeah i'm like yeah. ah, maybe the Bermuda ah. triangle would be a nice spot as long as i'm not get lo- i don't get lost but either way you're uh, just like hanging out there with amelia Earhart. yeah the mermaids too come on right? mermaids <laughs> and a pilot that sounds like yeah. a book Wait, oh I yeah pirates that. too you know hey i'm off board hey, yeah <laughs> You know, there's a story about you, right? <laughs> They're talk. like, you know, we know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's for sure. Well, the, the, with stories and stuff, I mean, we always, when where we eyeball reading, we kind of hear the characters sometimes in our heads. Authors have shared how when they're writing the stories, they hear characters. Now you're mm-hmm. getting a script and the, yeah. the book, and now you kind of have to decide how they're going to mm-hmm. sound. Yeah. And, you know, how do you, what's your process like to do that? Well, <laughs> uh, no. Um, so there's a process. I, I personally like to prep my script by reading the book first, or at least doing a very deep skim. So I may not read in depth every line, but what I will do is really get the feel and the movement and the beats of the story and understand who the characters are. And I will have spreadsheets, which another lovely narrator helped me figure out, Lessa Lamb, she's fantastic. She helped me figure out how to do spreadsheets and my my heart found a new home. And so I will do a spreadsheet on character voices and descriptions of them. And I'll highlight, color code them, what's a main character, what's a side character, who's gonna show up if it's a series again in a further book, et cetera. And then um, I'll do, if I'm working with a co-narrator, which I often am, um, we'll have a Dropbox and I'll send voice files. Here's what this character sounds like. Here's what that character sounds like. But really, it's a matter of kind of playing around in the booth when that character shows up. So I have an idea of their personality. I know what their goals and needs are as a character. And then from there, I'll kind of craft what I think they sound like. And there's a moment for me as I'm playing with a voice that'll go, bing, that's it. And boom, that's the character voice. So it's very helpful. Um, that's, but that's how I do it. Did that answer the question? I yeah, yeah, it. yeah. No, it did. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsor. Alien abduction has never been as hot as it is in Tana Stone's USA Today bestselling 
sexy sci-fi romances. Do you love sci-fi adventure, but like some spice? These books will set you on fire. From tribute brides for badass alien warriors to women marooned on a desert planet inhabited by gorgeous barbarians, the heroines in these steamy romance novels are no damsels in distress, but when they fall, they fall hard. Are you ready to fall for your next book boyfriend? Escape to another world with Tanistone's alpha heroes who will have you wishing for an alien invasion. And now we're back. I mean, a lot of times the authors will give you those those cues of like he has a gruffy voice or, you know, yeah. her, her, you know, as, as she gets know. excited, she gets she gets she talks more faster. Mm -hmm. But other times you're going, oh, there's a list. And you don't find that about that list until chapter 10. Right. You know? <laughs> and that's why it's, it's so important to prep a book. It really is. And I think the benefit of having co-narrators, because I know some narrators who don't prep and mm -hmm. And by and I will actually prep is the wrong word. They don't read the book first. Yeah, they, because there's a lot of it. prep that goes into it aside from reading the book. And so a lot of that is also working with your co-narrator going, hey, my schedule has been jam packed back to back to back. I haven't had the time to actually read the book. Did you? What are some notes? Having the author come in and give notes about the, the characters really helps as well. And the benefit of cold reading is that you get the raw reaction. As the narrator's going through the story. I, I'm too much of a control freak that I'm not there yet. Maybe someday, maybe on a couple stories, we'll see. I don't know. But that is not my process. I, I, have, to, I have to read the story. So, yeah. Although there was one day <laughs> I was not feeling very good. I was just, I was tired. I really wanted to sew or paint or, you know, go outside or do something. And I was like, well, I got to read this book. It's a good book. I'm enjoying the book. But I didn't feel like reading, you know, in that space. I thought, you know, I wonder if I could just listen to the audiobook while I ready. <laughs> I was like, Shiloh, Shiloh, my sweet, sweet Shiloh, you dumb, dumb person. You are the audiobook. There is no audiobook without you. So you have to read the book. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Okay. So you're welcome world that you get to like go out and garden and paint and do all the things that you can do. <laughs> but it was I laughed so hard. I was like, Oh, my gosh, you're such a reader, though. That's the, that is such, you know, what we, we what we think we're going, Oh, right. man, I want to be able to multitask. Uh, let me go look to see mm -hmm. if it's an audio. And you're right. going, oh shit, that's right. I, 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 I'm making it. it's not in audio yet because I right. haven't recorded it. Right. <laughs> So we're in a conundrum. Uh <laughs> here's here's the problem. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, but I, I actually I really enjoy the books that come across my my queue. Um they're not necessarily books I would have sought out as a reader on my own. So I love, love that opportunity to have these books come across because there's so much, I guess it's like being given permission to eat the chocolate, try the new flavor of donut. You know, we we sometimes stick to our comfort zones because we know we're going to love yeah. the cool vanilla swirl. Like we know that ice cream is going to hit the spot and we're going to be happy. And if I could just have Not that. that she's calling me out on that at all. <laughs> I'm 100% calling her out. Just letting you know. <laughs> 
But when you have to go try the strawberry cheesecake ice cream um, and you have to go eat the chocolate medallion one, you it's kind of like, fine, I guess I'll go. And But you're secretly so thrilled and it tastes delightful and you find a whole new world of books that you enjoy. So I've I've done a reverse harem. I'd never read reverse harem before I did one. And I was like, okay, all right, this is fun. I get you people now. I'm in. Yeah. And I've, done, I've, done, <laughs> I've done dark mafia. I've done dark romance, suspense. Um, I've read those before. So I was like, cool, awesome. Let's do it. And I also did an alien romance, and Ooh. which will be out by this time. And it, <laughs> I didn't think I had ever read an alien romance. I was wrong. I have absolutely read alien romances and I have loved them. And there's no shame in that. I, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed narrating it, but I have, I have honestly, I'm just that puppy. You know me. I'm like, <laughs> this is so much fun. Guess what I got to do? You know, I was kidnapped. I was, you know, I got to mourn. I got to, and it's just, it's being able to act in all of it. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. When when it comes down to romance, a lot of the mm -hmm. scenes are, you know, we're going to get the meet cute moment, regardless of the genre. There's going to be that moment where they meet. And mm -hmm. then there's going to be some of the conflict and then the making up and then the sexy times or when there's a lot of mm -hmm. banter. What's your favorite type of scene to narrate? The breakups. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I do. Um. Two, two different ones. I, I love doing the part where they yell at each other and get angry. Because <laughs> I'm I'm such a happy person. That's not something that happens a lot in my life. Mm -hmm. so, Living vicariously like, in anger. Right. Uh. It's, it's cathartic. It's cathartic Sorry. to be like, get out of here, you bastard. Um, But, uh, you know, I love comedy. And so oftentimes I like the banter parts as well, where... Or the parts where the, the female narrator's like, okay, well, that happened. Like, I just walked into a store. There he is. Again. And so <laughs> the kind of humor that can kind of happen. I, I love humor. I don't know if scripts are naturally funny or if I'm infusing it with humor. <laughs> because I often laugh a lot in my normal life. So I often find humor and I'm like, I hope this author meant for that to be funny because it's funny now. <laughs> it is. Yeah. They're like, who is with sarcasm now? Yeah. So. Can you imagine that review? Yeah. Shiloh James makes this a book to be a romantic comedy. Fantastic. The dark mafia romance. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, I will bring light to the dark people. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, we, I think in life, we all kind of have ways to deal with it. And sometimes humor mm. are those moments. I mean, we've all heard that moment right. of someone laughing at a funeral, right? Um, I mean, hell, I did that. Uh, <laughs> Everyone does. Everyone laughs at a funeral. Yeah, it's like, one of I those. I mean, you have to. It's, a, it's, it's cathartic. Laughter, crying, it is all your body releasing extreme emotion. And it's not necessarily the corresponding emotion that it should be, quote unquote. Yeah. Um, just yeah. let your body feel. Release it. Yeah. Release. That's right. We're talking about releasing. Yep. Um, <laughs> on audiobook loving podcasters. <laughs> How do you release? <laughs> well, let's see. <laughs> <laughs> 
laughter people we're talking about laughter get your minds out of the gutter (laughs) yeah no they all know where my mind goes to that's fine (laughs) i am that friend that can make anything into a sexual innuendo she's learned that quickly uh even though she was getting out of the booth she's like it's tight here i'm like yes it is that's what she said (laughs) oh my gosh oh yeah gotta laugh yeah we just gotta laugh to you have to find a humor. Well, and I, I wonder too if, if people are casting me into roles where there is a sardonic moment with the character or the humor because that is something that I am now. Project. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It could be. I think sometimes you guys as narrators may get typecast, which is funny. People don't stop mm-hmm. to think that in audiobooks you we can do. get typecast, but you totally do. You really do. You really do. And mm-hmm. I think that when you get to that point in your career where you might be able to be more particular about the books that you narrate you can say no to things or you can go after things or there's actually been times where i know for a fact narrators have created a pseudonym specifically Mm -hmm. to jump out of that typecasting and then they'll start doing a completely different genre Um, look for lynn woods guys in children's (laughs) ya well you've done you know with loving romance and being an umbrella term Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's it's a, there's all these different genres underneath it, whether it's mm-hmm. paranormal, which is where you get your aliens, contemporary, mm-hmm. which is technically mafia. Now they've added dark romance, which is technically not a genre, but that's another podcast episode. Um, right. And all these other things that fall underneath it. What's mm-hmm. uh, what genre have you, are you like wanting to do that is just like, oh, I can't wait for that one. I love fantasy and young adult. Um, I have a young voice and I enjoy it, but even still, when I would pick up books outside, I I really love love um reading like college romances or you know what is that called new adult right? It makes me feel a little dirty because I'm I'm way too old for that age, but I kind of age them up in my mind. Like, <laughs> I do. Well, wait a minute. As soon as they hit eighteen, they're freaking adults. When that first that that yeah. genre first came out, and I still to mm-hmm. this day bust out with. So now you have new adults, then you're going to have to do vintage adults and antique adults because if we're going to categorize (laughs) us as far as where our age groups are, there you go. But I never thought to think that college was considered new adult until they started making it a thing. I'm more concerned Mm -hmm. with the YA stuff being about a lot more spicier because I want that. That's where I'm like, okay, no, no. How did you you learn how to do that at 18? Yeah. I mean, that's very, or, that's very advanced for an 18 year old. Or, or even then, I mean, it's just, you know, there's just so many different things and because mm-hmm. it varies their, their, their age group, you know, section. So between the ages of 15 to 17 yeah. is, is young adult. Sometimes oh, it could be up to wow. 14 or 13 and nope, 17, that's no, but no. that's what I'm saying. And so some yeah. topics in these young adults are significantly meant for the older folks, yeah. the teenagers. And then some of the new adult stuff is still meant for the older folks, but they're just, I'm like, I'm sorry. I prefer, I'll read anything. I try to not do so much YA because been there, done that. Right. Plus the angst, it's just a lot more angsty. And I'm so not that girl. acting angst because I'm angsty. Yeah. I love, like, I love happy things. Yeah. I love romantic comedies. More romantic comedies, please. I, I would love to do actual high fantasy um, which isn't in romance, but I would love to. They're do, starting a little bit. I would love to do just regular young adult, um, because 
that would be fantastic. But I like fantasy. I like romantic comedies. I love suspense. Those those are like I think my three top three. Mm-hmm. Well, now we're putting oh, it out God. there, folks. Authors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that she's, being she's said, telling you she loves it. She wants to try them out. Give right? Shiloh a chat. You know. <laughs> but you know this about me, Viv. Like yeah. you know that I love the books that I do, and that's not oh, yeah. me blowing sunshine and saying like, oh, you know, I gotta no, 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 because I'm on a podcast. No. <laughs> no folks you yeah. sound like that <laughs> i i just get so excited and yeah I, I like tell her every single book i'm like that's what i got She's oh yeah like, good for you <laughs> I'm like, <"Guess> what? <laughs> yeah no it's so fun <laughs> i i love getting those dms from you because the mm-hmm. excitement is there i think sometimes i mean i've been in this now for 15 plus years and this mm-hmm. series is nine years old and i still get asked do you get nervous when you're about to chat? And I'm like, yeah, I think if I didn't get nervous, then that's where I may start looking into having to have someone else take over the series or end the series. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I think for the narrators, yeah, it's a gig, but there's always going to be mm-hmm. something that excites you about it, whether it's yeah. your first book, your 15th, your 50th, your 500th. And if you're not excited, there's um, you may want to start like, hmm, what's yeah. missing? <laughs> <laughs> why aren't you excited you know right right because there's so much in this world I mean as an actor actors in this we, we we are technically actors yeah um we we get to find so much now are there characters where I have a little more difficulty understanding them and have a little more difficulty being inhabiting them yes but something that one of my coaches taught me is that there's always something to find and love about a character go find it and then once you love that little thing kind of like self-love once you like your pinky finger you can start expanding and loving the whole body and so it's the same with character that you that I have difficulty kind of wiggling into um once I find that and that comes in prep for me then I'm able to fully inhabit even the bad guys. Bad guys are so fun. Yeah. I always find it fa- like a challenge. Like the authors are like, we're going to make them as bad as possible. And then I'm like, as a reader, I'm going, how the fuck are you going to redeem him? You know? Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and then yeah. It, they get redeemed or at least enough for the heroine. Maybe not me, but for mm-hmm. the heroine, it works out. <laughs> and I'm like, Yay. yeah. 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 There, there are times where it can get too dark. And, um, you know, I know it's coming. It hasn't quite happened yet, but I know that there are books I've heard from other narrators as well, that there will be moments where you're so deep into the story and the story is dark. It's just got some real nasty, heart-wrenching stuff and you need to get out of your head and get out of that space and get outside and do something that lifts up the spirit. Because we feel, we have to feel what the characters are feeling and not in a way that's damaging to us because we're actors. We have to have that space between that and so that we don't hurt ourselves, but you have to embody those feelings and through embodying it, sometimes it will affect you. So we're back to talking about it being a physical job. Um, when you embody a sound and a voice and an and a evil, you have to then go out and exercise it out. At least I do. I'm a very physical person. 
though i don't know what we were talking about but i thought i'd share <laughs> yeah no that means but that's true I, I like went like <laughs> i there's the, well, the the thing is is that like right now as of as of we're talking and when this will air dark romance is getting very popular and mm-hmm. and for me like the right now the the main concept of the dark romance are like the mafia and i've read mm-hmm. mafia books before Right. And, you know, I read it where she gets kidnapped and all of a sudden mm-hmm. he, she's like, I hate you. You're hot, but I hate you, you know, mm-hmm. and, and things like that. And I, so yeah. I, in my reading, you know, growing up, I've read stuff like that. Now, though, they're diving deeper in things oh. where there's mental health issues or violence and they're getting mm-hmm. more into the nitty gritty, which before maybe they allured to it versus mm-hmm. that. And so mm-hmm. there's times too where I'm like, I, as a reader, I, I mentally, I, I'm not in a place where I can put that difference and, and right. prepare myself mentally and keep myself safe to not it's go hard. down that path. So mm-hmm. I can only imagine you guys as the actors performing these roles, having mm-hmm. to do that form of exercise to say, okay, this is not me. I'm not bringing this mm-hmm. home, blah, blah, blah. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, so I mean, I'm not a method actor. Um, method acting really asks you to draw on your personal experiences and to remember it but also to not just draw on the memories but also put yourself in there as much as you can some famous method actors that you see are jared leto um daniel day lewis yeah daniel carrie you've seen um jim carrey do it and you can see in their personal lives how cracked they've become and 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 I'm not saying mentally cracked. I'm saying who they were before they started this journey and who they are now. They are not as seemingly as grounded as as some other actors seem to be. Now, that is not my journey. That's not my desire to act that way. But you still have to do the work. You still have to make your face and your words and your heart and your emotions feel these things. So. Yeah, but yeah even if you don't dive that deep into it, though, that's right. where these trigger warnings are in existence mm-hmm. because it just could take one scene, a scenario, a word, and you're 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 mentally going, mm, hold on, and so you kind of have to back up. Um, so it's it, it's interesting to see how a lot of folks are wanting to dive into that. And I'm like, I want to go into a happy land where there's elves and werewolves and vampires that will bite me because they love me and they're trying to keep me safe you know um but then even then there's elements i'm going yeah babe there's still dark shit in those i'm like okay just color differently but yeah i can you know from you guys from acting those things it's always uh you know that's also part of that physical thing you were saying it can take a toll to carry that persona in that moment for that long time Yeah. yeah well and i think i think a lot of our job is therapy so it's really important to make sure that you have an outlet that is healthy and you're talking to somebody, whether it's a therapist or a friend, depending upon your own journey. And for some people, it doesn't affect them, which is great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fan-freaking-tastic. Yeah. But that is something that we kind of have to go through. So sometimes when a narrator says no to a project, it isn't because they think your writing is terrible or that you as a human are horrible. It's because they're protecting, they, they know their limitations. And that, that could also mean they're busy whatever yeah no yeah i mean i i've known some that have said no not only because of dubious consent 
things mm-hmm. that are on that darker realm, but some of them have said sure. no because the heroine is the same name as their daughter and they're not going to go there just for shits right. and giggles. And right. then I'm like, no, no, can't do it, Captain. I'm like, perfectly fine. There's somebody you else. You just don't yeah. know. And it's ne- it's rarely personal. Oh, yeah. Um, but I think also, rarely. too, it's, it's good that you self-evaluate to see if you're right mm-hmm. for the role. Right. Yeah. Because I mean, it's great to get cast. I mean, I love I love getting those DMs from you saying, "Oh my god, I got cast!" But at the same time, it's one of those like when you're looking into it, I'm like, "Well, maybe Mm. it's just not the right fit for me, or the accent isn't my girl repertoire." Girl, (laughs) let's talk about my accent work, which is improving, by the way. So I I can do some accents very well, like my British RP, um, various types of British accents various types of American accents, um, Australian accents, fine, let's go, French, German, I got you. Like, you can you can count on me, I'll show up. There's one accent that I, that I just got an audition for, and I hope I get this book because I've actually been practicing, and I no longer sound terrible. But I will say at the beginning, let me give you some background, people. I grew up in Southern California. I grew up in L.A., we are very close to the Mexican border. I am surrounded by many, many Latinos and Hispanics in my life. I have been surrounded by Mexicans, Hondurans, Latin Americans my whole life. I could not do <laughs> a Spanish-accented English to save my sweet little Heine for the longest time. I can now. Every time I tried it, I sounded Irish or Russian. And I was like, well, what's this about? And I realized it was actually a, a block, a deep respect for the cultures I grew up around that I don't want to characterize. Appropriate. Yeah, I don't want to characterize. I don't want to appropriate, misappropriate Yep. Um, that culture. I don't. And so that was why I was like, oh, but I had came across one audition that got offered to me and I thought, well, here it's not a caricature. And I can do this. And now I'm fine. I can do it. But it's it's so funny how accents can make you uncomfortable. Yeah, I think especially in the world that we live in right now where we're having those conversations about casting appropriately when it comes down to things like ethnicity, the culture, mm-hmm. you know, language. Yeah. Um, and and I, yeah, yeah and, and also the, the character stuff. Like my biggest pet peeve is when someone in a book is said to be latin mm-hmm. not well, specific kind of latin yeah it's like because i of- know as a latina that we all have different accents mm-hmm. and when they automatically get to that mexican caricature or stereotypical accent what part of mexico right and so it's what we hear and what we know mm-hmm. and i'm like listen when i speak spanish it, it's not that uh, you know i mm-hmm. have it very americanized because of how we yeah. were raised I, while I have some, I mean, people always say you, what, I'm like, what I go, I have a bit of a minor lisps for certain words. And yes, Mm -hmm. I, you know, I have, there's something like an accent, but no one can ever pinpoint it. So Mm -hmm. as a first generation American, sometimes the characters will have full blown on accents. And I'm like, not if they were born and raised in the States. Right. Yeah, it's true. And I've known people who are both. I've known first generation Americans who have accents and I've known first generation Americans who don't have accents and it's 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 such a tricky thing I I came across an audition for a book which I did not go for because I knew I could not fulfill what the author wanted where the author put down very specifically I want um, this character is has a Spanish accented speech 
but she said Latin accented speech. And I thought, well, which area of Latin America are we talking about? And then she says he sounds like Antonio Banderas, who is from Spain. And I thought, okay, that, I'm not touching that. Another character in that book is supposed to sound like, and I quote, a black middle-aged woman. And I thought, yeah, that no. is not an accent. That is a description of that person, but not a description of how they sound. What does black sound like? And so for me, um, I just think, no, no, that's a hard pass. And that's something for authors to think about as they're writing. I mean, there's so much that you guys already think about, but. Really yeah, I think the, the community think is getting that. better as a whole when it comes down mm -hmm. to both sides of as the author writing it and then the narrators performing it. And it's, right. it's a conversation that can happen, you know, politely with kindness. Mm -hmm and right. open-mindedness no. no adulting uh, yeah <laughs> and i think making sure that we have representation and different mm -hmm. ideas at the table where right. what does not you know what fits what doesn't I, a lot of times mm -hmm. there's a stereotypicalness that you know because you're latina you're you know, your skin is this particular color. You act a specific way. And like, <laughs> I have cousins that are as white as you, Shiloh. Right. You know, as far and as pale like, people, <laughs> pale, pale, white skin, blue eyes, and, you know, yeah. a brunette yeah. hair, or blonde hair. And they're from South America. And exactly. And then I have other folks that are, you know, they're from, you know, Africa that are, mm. you know, Asian descent. There's, and there's a, a huge community of Asians in mm. Cuba. So they speak yeah. Chinese and they speak Japanese, but they also right. go with the, oye que no sea cogoño, you know? Right? So it's like yes. all these different cultures. And that's where having these conversations from an author's perspective to mm. tell the casting director, whether, you know, mm. it's, a, it's a production company or the production company, or just if you go straight to the narrator, right. providing that information in advance helps you right. weed out the uh people that may not be appropriate for those roles right i would agree and i think it's important as a narrator to make sure that you get to know other narrators uh um so then networking right so <laughs> that if somebody if an author comes to me and says you know i really want you to play an african-american woman in this situation and i can say awesome i really appreciate that thank you so much I don't feel comfortable doing that. Let me refer you to XYZ um, and then have a list of fabulous African-American narrators that could do the work. And then, you know, and I think that's a touchy subject. We've, we talked about it at length at Allure in Chicago this last fall. And I thought it was really wonderful where ultimately it came down to do what you feel comfortable with. And that's scary because that takes responsibility. It does. And it, it, either way, regardless of how you go, either you, if you decline the role or if you accept the role and, and then understanding why you're doing one or the other and, right. and having those conversations. And I think taking the time to, you know, ex uh, not explain, but just share your reasons with the mm -hmm. author. That might be a learning opportunity for them if they haven't thought about it. In other cases, mm -hmm. they may not care and, or they may not be a particular Right. Person available. And then you do the best that you can with what you have in the exactly. collective of narrators and you try right. to do it as authentic as possible and, right. and truth to the story. And I think that that's important, but it, it's fascinating. You just touched on that. The truth of the story, that is the essential part. This is, that is exactly what our work is, the authenticity and telling the story's truth. 
that is all I'm there for. And it is not my job to shape it and make it into something that is different. My job is to amplify the author. The author's voice, the author's character is just to amplify it and bring a different dimension to it. Um, my job is not to change it or make it into something else. So I joke about it adding humor, but you know, I'm really just sticking to the script. What is the author really saying here? And that includes that includes doing characters that are of different ethnic ethnic backgrounds than I am. How can I authentically tell it without making it a caricature? Yeah, and especially when they might be just a minor character. I think it's a little a lot more different if they're the main main characters or have these bigger roles in it. Um, but yeah, I, again, it goes back to like, the readers and the listeners are now becoming a little bit more aware as it as well and having the conversations with the, their favorite authors and narrators and kind of going. It's it's it, I. I'm always good with being able to have the conversation. And when it comes up, we are able to talk about it with, again, kindness and adults and not have to cancel people because people make mistakes. People, people sometimes, do. you know, you shouldn't judge them on their worst days. And right. well, sometimes you don't have that information. I always say it's once you have that information, though, what you do with it, that's what counts bigger. Right. You know, yeah, so I agree. Mm -hmm. And I think even then I hold a lot I hold a lot of grace for people. Um because people are so complicated, all of us are so complicated that it is very easy for us to turn around and say, Well, you did X, Y, and Z, you said this and this, you are a horrible person, you're out of my life. I prefer to say what you said and did was horrible. Um I'm not a fan of that. I don't like that. But I'm not going to cut you out completely. But I am going to limit. I'm going to limit us. And then, you know, do that two, three, four, five more times. And then I'll be like, okay. <laughs> God bless you. I wish you the very best on your journey. And yeah. Nothing but good things for you. But we are no longer. Yeah. I mean, we I think, no like longer. I said, not judging them on their worst days, potentially. Or, right. or in a moment of not thinking. We all have that. We're humans. It's how do you go about after finding out or learning or discovering mm -hmm. and ensuring that you've learned and don't keep doing the same thing over and over again. Right. Uh, well, yeah. I also look at it kind of like how do we treat family members? Um, we all treat it differently based upon what we do for our trigger warnings or for ourselves and our own mental capacity and our own mental health. I get that. But everybody has a family member or five who have very different viewpoints than they do. And the question is, are you going to sacrifice relationship and the potential for both of you to grow as humans because you have different viewpoints? Or are you going to say, let's put our viewpoints to the side or I can ignore that. That is your viewpoint. And, you know, we can move forward. Because for me, relationship is the most important thing. But in business, that's a different story. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's important to kind of learn some of those boundaries, just like you guys as narrators should have boundaries with the fans. There's always also the fans having to have boundaries with the narrators and authors and people because it's business and you have to differentiate that. And it's important to be able to kind of guide that thinking and then figure out what the results would be, whether they're good results, not so good. Okay. <laughs> and I then say, yeah. yeah. And then say, yeah. I learned. Bye-bye. <laughs> yeah. I learned. I'm out of here. I learned. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> yeah. Next. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
trust me, there's yeah. always a line and there's always replaceable. So, I mean, <laughs> yes, it's true. It's very you know, true. It's one um, of those where you kind of learn. But we've been learning a lot about you in this entire uh-huh. conversation. Um, I want to go a little step further and uh, mm-hmm, and play the game of two truths and a lie, where you tell us three oh, things about yourself gosh. and we have to figure out which one's the lie. Well, this will be fun for me because I know you pretty well. You know me pretty well. <laughs> um, okay. okay. So let me you did see. the homework? <laughs> I did do the homework. I did. And I actually came up with too many lies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So what so are your three gonna, things? Because it's going to be really hard to yeah. fool you. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so let's see if I can tell this. Um, all right, here we all go. All right, I'm ready. <laughs> okay, but you can't look at me. Close your eyes. Nope, yep, that's what I'm that, doing. I'm like, I'll, she's not looking at her. <laughs> I'll, have, I'll, have a, I'll have a physical tail. Mm-hmm. Tail. Tail. Yep. <laughs> I do. I, I'm terrible at lying, people. Okay, so. Um, all right. I have laid bricks in Canada. I have swam with dolphins and I have hiked to the top of Half Dome in Yosemite. Okay. So laying bricks, swimming with dolphins and hiking Yosemite to the top. Yeah. To the top of Half Dome. Yeah. Y'all have seen it. The Ansel Adams picture. Yeah. And and it's all in the details too, you know? Um, (laughs) So let's see. Hmm. I don't want to say the, the the hiking and Yosemite is a lie. Mm. No, the, that's, that's the, truth. the truth. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a nineteen mile hike. Oh my it's god. Lot. Was great. Oh, all right. Then swimming with the dolphins is a lie. Nope, it's the truth. I thought you laid bricks on. What did you see again? Details. Details. Oh, okay. What did yeah. I say? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you laid bricks for the summer, wasn't it? That you said. I did. Yeah, yeah. but. I told you just now mm-hmm. I laid bricks in Canada. Canada. Yeah, see. I did it in Poland. Yep, see? Details, see. <laughs> Details. Yep. Yes, yes, yes. Is that fair or unfair? Because I can give you a better lie. I don't no, know. you're good. You're good. Okay. You're good. Yeah. I think I was just trying so concentrating to not look at you because we do have our cameras on. <laughs> Right, um yeah. <laughs> uh to, to to not make you feel comfortable and you know to just making Thank sure that you. i'm like okay i was listening but it's also right. why i do have the cameras off is it allows me to listen mm-hmm. better i've noticed yeah from yeah, that I perspective that. but mm-hmm. yeah so okay so good you did good yeah thanks yeah yeah lied successfully people <laughs> <laughs> uh, i don't know if you want to go that far i, I wasn't looking yeah. at you so <laughs> it's it's only it's only if you're not looking at me and i i kind of sort of tell a lie but i'm like ah. yeah for the assignment i suck yeah. at lying I really it's okay do. which is why i get it for homework uh <laughs> <laughs> you're working with words and also being an english major um mm-hmm. what is your favorite word and this is different from favorite curse word so mm-hmm. that's the second part favorite word. we're not gonna do curse word but we can do favorite word um i don't know because that was the hardest part but there is one word um is it that one no i'm only thinking of this one word that my my, my dad keeps saying over and over so it's stuck in my head i think it's syzyx syzygy uh, yeah syzygy no clue what it means right now but it's in my head i would say something like what i always i'm always telling you i'm always saying it it's oh i'm sorry 
I came up with a lot of words and they're all gone now. It's okay. It happens. No worries. I'll, I'll, you know, it's not like you won't be back. I can ask it again. <laughs> well, thank you. I would say something probably, I, I enjoy words that are a little tricky, but feel round in the mouth. So irreplaceable or mundane or regardless, there's, there's something about words like that adoration things that are a little more complicated they're not just I like you but have more depth and soul to them are words that I I appreciate and imbue and you know things like do you understand what I'm saying yeah yeah no yeah yeah all right yeah we're not gonna do curse word sorry people no, yeah, My she's not much of a. She's not well. Yeah, her parents are listening. Hi, mom, dad. <laughs> <laughs> but also, I I don't really cuss much. She doesn't. Um, she does not cuss. You know, even I try when... hard not to. Um, every now and then I'm human and it comes out. But if you want to hear me cuss, go listen to a book. Yes, I mean. That's, I will I, read those books. I will read yeah. those all day long. <laughs> I think those are some bit some of more shocking for me being your friend and knowing that about <laughs> yeah. you that you don't curse is hearing you curse in the books. I'm going, oh, okay. But you do sometimes do these cute other things. Like I know, like traditionally we go fudge or we go, yeah. you know, that's Sugar. uh, baloney, sugars yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. So sometimes you do get creative with those. And I'm like, hmm. <laughs> okay it's adorable yeah. it's cute it's kind of hard to get at um, you <laughs> there was there was a character i just did in a dark comedy santa anna by addison j chapel and rachel uh, for flannery where the character starts out never cussing and she says those things and i'm like oh this is me and then like halfway through the book everything hits the fan and she is suddenly cussing up a storm i'm like yep that's accurate yeah if there's <laughs> random shooting going on i will be cussing so. yeah 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 but yeah. i don't I don't, I guess my favorite fake curse word um, would be sugar. Okay. Yeah. It's like, oh, sugar. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I do. I have a favorite curse word, uh, you know, not curse word for me is uh, peppermint schnapps. I love that one. Yeah. I Mm -hmm. I also love mother fire trucker. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Or I'll be like, sweet mother. son of a biscuit yeah see okay it's all carrie ann ryan's fault uh because she wrote a, a series earlier on in her writing career which is how mm-hmm. i discovered her years ago i'm talking about like 10 almost 10 years ago and it's an it's a paranormal series and mm-hmm. each uh book is a different holiday mm-hmm. and so there's a october holiday you know that there's things there's an easter bunny and then we got into christmas and the heroine is an oh. elf in santa and the hero is Santa and he doesn't you know like he's learning discovering that he's Santa but this elf does not curse at all so it's peppermint (laughs) sticks and 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 sugar plums and peppermint schnapps and I'm like well that's another different way to do it and so yep it's all your fault Carrie Ann Ryan (laughs) I'm taking it I'm taking it Carrie Ann Ryan peppermint peppermint schnapps that's yeah hard to say peppermint schnapps yeah you know it's Uh one of those like okay you know, mm-hmm. like, and if it's get creative also, again, kind of like what you were saying, it rolls in the mouth and it just feels yeah. right. And you can still do that annotation too. Like, mm, peppermint mm-hmm. yes, you know, exactly. peppermint sticks, exactly. chocolate brownies. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. Uh, <laughs> now we're just getting hungry up in here. Yeah, I know it is about lunch. <laughs> so before oh we go, can you tell us what you're currently working on and what's coming up next for you? I don't know if I can. So let me, let me think we're releasing in July. 
Uh, so I'm in the middle of an ongoing six book series by by Breed Blackwood. It's the Broken Cross series, and I'm co-narrating that with Liam DeCosimo. So I believe by the time this airs, book five will have been out. So look for book six in August. Um, but that is that is kind of an ongoing saga, and we just had book two release this last week. And I, like I said, I just finished an alien romance, and I am now working on a dark mafia. And that will also be out by then. Let's think. And I have a few others. I've got a couple multicasts coming up and a short story and an anthology for D.L. Lane. And golly, so much, people. It's wonderful. It's blessed to be have to have work. Yay. You do a really good job of posting it on your social media. So for those that are listening and are, are wanting to know exactly what she was referring to mm -hmm. when it comes down to those aliens and dark mafias and other things, you know, um, oh my. I, I can't tell you the books. Yes, you I'm, can't I'm tell us yet, but you will. Obliged. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I, on my social media. Yep. I'm, when it comes down to pre, when, when they come to pre-order time and they're, they're out mm -hmm. and they've been already announced, he's really good at posting about that. Also, when they come mm -hmm. out. So, yeah, so that's always a good thing. So that's why I always say, you know, make yeah. sure you follow your narrators and your authors. You'll get yeah. info that you yeah. may not get anywhere else. Thank you, Shiloh, for being part of this year's Audiobook Loving series. It's been so much fun. <laughs> it was such a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on here, Viv. This has meant a lot. But mm -hmm. just to be able to talk to you is always a pleasure. <laughs> so not like we do it every day. I not like we do it every other day anyways. <laughs> but, but yes, mm -hmm. yes, I get what you mean. <laughs> but it's different. We don't talk like this. No, no, it's been fascinating kind of getting to see a little bit differences there, you know, um, but everyone, thank you also for hanging out with us today. And we hope you've enjoyed this chat as well as the series. I'll make sure to include all of her links so you can follow her on socials. And that information will be over at the Audiobook Loving Series page at Viviana Enchantress the Books website. And until next time, happy listening. A special thank you to authors DJ Krimmer, Tana Stone, Landon Beach, PJ Fiala, and all of our sponsors of the Audiobook Lovin' 2023 series. Visit today's episode post to listen to sound clips of some of the books we discussed and enter the month-long giveaway. If you enjoyed the Audiobook Lovin' podcast series and you want more, join the Audiobook Lovin' podcast Patreon for early access to podcasts, exclusive content like the Would You Rather game and dinner party guests, and additional incentives such as bloopers, graphics, and much more. Support the podcast by becoming a Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash audiobooklovin'. Thank you for joining Viviana and her guests for this podcast, and we hope you tune in again as we continue to celebrate Audiobook Month. The Audiobook Lovin' series is hosted by Viviana, the Enchantress of Books. Please make sure to visit the main page linked within the post to learn more about the entire Audiobook Lovin' series and the enchanting author and narrator guests who have joined us over the years. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please consider leaving a review wherever you listened. And please follow us on social media platforms and subscribe to the Viviana the Enchantress of Books newsletter. Until next time, happy listening. Audiobook Lovin' hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>